Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Def Leppard rocks Nats Park tonight alongside Motley Crue, Poison, and Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. I spoke with Def Leppard's longtime lead guitarist, Phil Collin, when the band played Jiffy Lube Live in 2018, breaking down his sickest riffs from Photograph to Fullin', Rock of Ages to Hysteria, and of course, Pour Some Sugar on Me. This is Phil Collin. Of Def Leppard, who's coming to Jiffy Lube Live with Journey. Hey, thanks so much for taking the time to join us, Phil. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. Awesome. Well, these two, I mean, that it's going to be a, a show that you wouldn't, you definitely don't want to miss. I mean, these are two massive bands of the, you know, 70s, 80s and beyond. It's almost hard to decide who's going to open for who with both of you guys. But um, what's it been like touring with Journey? Have you guys toured with them in the past or is this the first time? We have. We, we toured in 2006 and it was so phenomenally amazing that um, we promised to do it again. And, uh, this is actually the first time we've we've been able to fit it in, both bands at the same time. So, uh, yeah, we're really looking forward to that. If it was anything like last time, um, it would be amazing. And, you know, if ticket sales suggest so, you know, and just even the fact that everyone's got, got all these great songs that everyone can sing along to, it's uh, it's just a really good night. It's amazing. Do you guys ever, is there any ever any um, combining on stage for some encores or anything? There, there was last time, you know, I actually ended up uh, joining them on stage and, and I would go a couple of times at Soundcheck and just jam with them because they're, they're a phenomenal band. Uh, one of the, the highlights, we were sitting in this uh, Saratoga Springs in upstate New York and uh, Jonathan came. We had, we had all these adjoining dressing rooms and we were like kind of all hanging out together. And he said, I wrote faithfully on, on that piano. Oh, wow. And then he got on it and he started playing it and then we all started singing along. So... It was before everyone started recording stuff, and I, I really wish I'd have had it because it was it was pretty amazing. All of Def Leppard and, and most of Journey all seen, sitting around and singing. Then we done other songs. It was like, whoa, whoa, who's recording this? So hopefully we'll get to do that again. Wow, well, yeah, the the road is no place to start a family. <laughs> except except you, I hear, uh, are are having a new addition. Tell us. Absolutely, yeah, Babe Jackson, a little boy, spelt with an X. Um, <laughs> It'd be around any second now. Yeah, he should be. Um, he should be arriving, and hopefully before I get out on tour, because then I'd like to like to meet him. That's so awesome. Well, we can't. I mean, so many hits we'll be able to hear. Um, but uh, I just want to let's let's remind some of our listeners, maybe even younger listeners, how you guys all came together. I know uh, you, the the band joined back in 1977 in England, uh, sort of that British heavy metal wave. Um, but uh, you you didn't you came on around I think '82. I know they had done like two albums before that had done pretty well in the UK, not as huge here in the US. And then when you came, it really they, you guys really took off. Your how much do you think your guitar skills sort of took them to the next level? Obviously everything. But- <laughs> <laughs> I set you up for that. A combination of things. Mutt Lang, our producer, was was really instrumental in everything. You know, he was uh, just an a, amazing 
visionary and an artist. I mean, he sings on all that stuff. He's, he's incredibly done, you know, the most successful ACDC albums. He produced them. And obviously, Shania Twain, who he was married to, he, he, Brian Adams, The Cars. Uh, and, you know, it was just incredible what, what he added and, and his, his concept for what the band was. And um, that was really exciting. That that done it. And then MTV was, was in its uh, infancy. So that really helped. So uh, along with my you know, awesome guitar playing, but yeah, just everything, <laughs> you know, we, we, we made a hybrid of, of rock and pop music and, uh, or Mutt Langer did, that was his, his idea. And, um, it, it just seemed to work. It was right time, right place. You know, we were all very, you know, Rick Allen was still a teenager, uh, and, and then we'd blind up on, on MTV and you could actually see this band. So there was a lot of, um, things that the elements that, that made it work that all lined up at the same time and obviously hard work and, and great songs and an amazing production re- really was part of it we, we've kind of kept that trajectory going i think that's why while we're still around you know while i can you know again i can still run around the stage at 60 years old <laughs> better than i did when i was 25 so it's, it's a lot of things going on i love it take me behind the scenes of uh your 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 first one with them their their third album uh pyromania 1983 that sucker i mean that had what photograph rock of ages fool and well fuh, 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 fool and gotta say it right uh, <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> um t- take me i mean that must have been i mean to have three hits like that not to mention all the other songs on the album um take me into i mean that's your first sitting down recording with these guys the first album do you remember when those those three particular songs came together or just memories of that recording that album um, it was for me. It was so perfect because you know I came in as a lead guitarist. All the really heavy, heavy lifting, all the rhythm guitars and grunt work had already been done. And you know I, I joined the band, and Mutt Langer said, "Right, be a lead guitar player, solos." And <laughs> and then he found out I could sing, so he had me singing on everything as well, the backing vocals and and just all the fun part. You know, like I said, I didn't write any of the songs on that record, so um, it was a great introduction. Um, and then you know when the next album rolled around. Obviously, I was writing on that was Hysteria, which was an even bigger album. So, yep. um, yeah, it was a very exciting time. And like I said, there was there was so much going on. We were we, our first gig was at a, a tiny club in London, the Marquee Club, you know, which the Beatles, the Stones, Hendrix, and Sex Pistols, everyone had played it. And um, that it was you know four four hundred seat club, and it went from there. And within a year, it kind of we ended up playing Jack Murphy Stadium, which was wow. in San Diego, 55,000 people. So, wow. again, the trajectory was amazing. It was so just phenomenal. It just it was kind of, there was a lot of hard work went into it, but it seemed like it was a very fast-moving thing. And like I said, MTV had a lot to do with it and, and the current climate at the time. But uh, we, we didn't look like other rock bands either. You know, there was a definite difference. You know, you could combine, say, it was more in line with how Duran Duran looks and say, you know, Iron Maiden or, or Judas Priest. And right. so that hybrid thing really had a lot to do with it as well. It's awesome. You mentioned Hysteria. I mean, I can't think of a more aptly named album for where you guys were in your career because that was when the fans, it was, it was going in hysterics at that point. Obviously, that was the title track, um, but the one everyone remembers that is still played at freaking clubs and colleges and weddings and everything today. Pour some sugar on me. Take me into how, how so much of that is. I love all the double meaning innuendos. One lump or two. I mean, man, come on. I mean, all those songs from that era did it, but you guys, well, you guys straddled that line pretty good on that song while making an, an eternal dance hit. <laughs> I know what was interesting about it. We'd actually come to the end of the recording and um, of that album, and Joe Elliott was sitting in a corridor on the floor with an acoustic guitar and just strumming away and singing something. And, and Mutt Langer said, "What's that?" 
He said, I don't know. And he said, just play that again. And 10 days later, we had the song finished. So it was the quickest sound. The rest of the album took like two, two and a half years. That song took 10 days. But um, what was interesting about that, you know, the album came out and hadn't done that well. It was done okay, but um, we hadn't broken even with the money we'd spent. And then all of a sudden, you know, um, uh, strippers in Florida, this is a God's honest truth, started <laughs> requesting, they would dance to it, you know, in their routines. And then they would request it at the local radio station. Wow. So it became a hit on local radio stations in Florida. And then it kind of snowballed around the rest of the country and up in Canada as well. Same kind of reason. But, um, and then, then the song became a hit cause it was, it was getting requested all over the place. So it was <laughs> pretty interesting. And the fact that it did have all those innuendos and, you know, we'd borrowed some stuff from rap music cause it was called back then. Cause, yeah. uh, you know, public enemy and, and some of these earlier, you know, kind of rap bands and that we're doing this vocal meter. We, we kind of implied some of that as well. So it was, a, again, a real hybrid. Do you still enjoy, I mean, that opening guitar riff is so um, iconic. Do you still enjoy playing that? Or, or is there a riff you, you enjoy the most when you're out on tour? No, that's that's pretty cool. I mean, I love all of them. They're, they're, they're great fun. Um, you know, we, we wrote them that way. That's the thing. But uh, it, it's great to see people react when you actually play that stuff. You know, even... Even other guitar players, when you sit around and you, you just play some of them riffs, they go, they freak out. It's, it's really, it's nice to be part of that. So, um, again, you know, it's, it, we put a lot of work in earlier on and it, it kind of paid off, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Tell me, I mean, we got to talk about, obviously, I'm sure you've been asked this a million times, but um, Rick Allen's accident in 84, you know, you, he loses his arm and then probably one of the most resilient things of all time, and it becomes almost a cool calling card for the band. Hey, we're going to go watch this badass drummer with one arm. Uh, take me into that moment you guys got that call, how much of a gut punch it was. You got the news. Is Are you thinking, like, damn, how are we going to go on, or, or what, what's that like? I, uh, me and Steve Clark were in Paris and it was like New Year's Eve and we get this phone call from uh, our manager at the time, Peter Mensch, and he said, Rick's had this accident and his arm's been severed. And we, we said, what do you mean his arm's been severed? We couldn't actually understand what he was talking about. He said his arm came off and, and he's in hospital and you know, we were just worried he may not even make it. You know, this is, this is really, really critical. And um, they, they managed to save Rick and, but they, they couldn't save the arm. So, um, we were just more concerned about how he was doing. We didn't even think about anything else. Right, it was just right. like, is he okay? And then literally the, the next few weeks, you know, he's in hospital and everything. When me and Steve went to see him, me and Steve Clark, he said, I'm going to play with my left foot instead of my left hand <laughs> uh, with technology and everything. Because Mutt Langer had been to see him in, in hospital and said, hey, dude, you can do this. Yeah. You, you can play it with technology. You can use your left foot with foot pedals instead of, you know, left arm. So um, he took that and ran with it. He just practiced like dawn to dusk, you know, it was, it was amazing the, the way he kind of got into it. And um, it really paid off, you know. I mean, we used to share an apartment, uh, me, Steve, and Rick. Um, he'd be up bang, bang, early, really early in the morning. And then, but it was cool because he was trying to get through this whole thing. Um, and he, he pulled it off. It was an amazing feat. And now he doesn't even think twice about it. He just kind of naturally does that. He's been playing longer with, uh, one arm than he had with two, which is incredible. Yeah, it's wild. Well, I've just enjoyed to see, I mean, I, I think, I mean, you, Rick, uh, Joe, I mean, 
Um, I guess Vivian. I think uh, you guys have pretty much had the same lineup since about '92 ish. So I mean, yeah, I mean, you guys have uh, stayed around. I just t- tell me about sort of your your staying power. I mean, I know God. I think Promises did really well in the rock charts in the '90s, and I remember personally. I'm a bit I'm a bit younger, but um, I remember hearing your X album come out as a brand new album when I was in in college in like 2003 with Long Long Way to Go, and um, I was like, wait a minute, wow. this is the this is the <laughs> this is a new <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, wait. Def Leppard, I thought they were classic rock, and now they're now they're putting out great new stuff. Just what's what's the secret? Do you guys sticking around so long? You just you just love being on the road, or lo- you love the guys, or what is it? No, I, th- I think we've always got something to prove. We love doing this, and um, w- this resilience. I think we we learned it from our parents. You know, um, yeah, my mom and dad, all of our parents actually. You know, they they were being uh, <laughs> blown up. You know, in World <laughs> War Two, in, right. in my mom and dad. You know, I'm from London. And, you know, you'd have all these crazy stories and there was all this resilience and kind of positive kind of affirmations because they, they'd been through all this. Joe's parents, you know, going in the air raid shells and all that. It's something we can't even, it, it's phenomenal. You can't even imagine that happening. Yeah. But they went through that. And I think we learned some valuable lessons from, from our parents, a, a really good value system, if you like, from... Um, from that experience from them. And it it certainly made us a bit more, um, certainly resilient, you know, for sure. And we still kind of, we still do that. We still have that kind of approach to stuff. Absolutely. And uh, that resiliency has allowed you, you know, speaking of, you know, lasting a long time and spanning decades, I know um, you've had to keep up with changing technology too. And I want to bring that up because I know this year is the first time that Def Leppard's, uh, their whole catalog is available digitally on all platforms. I know you guys, I think you guys held out for a while before putting it on iTunes. Like a lot of bands um, just put their stuff up there, but you guys kind of held off. Um, what, you know, what, just talk about sort of how that's changed the industry and why you guys decided to, you know, finally it was. It was this time. This year was the time. Well, we we held out because we felt, you know, one of us lost a limb, one of us lost their lives, right. and we'd spent millions of dollars and so much energy on all this stuff that um, it, it seemed only fair that that you know we, we felt it had more value. I, I know everyone was, was just giving their stuff away, mm-hmm. and we had a, a clause in our contract also, which uh, we didn't have to do that, which was pretty amazing. So. Mm-hmm. Um, we held out until, until the time was right and until you know, we, we re-signed with Universal Records, our, our label back in the day, uh, and we're working with them. Great, That's all we wanted. We wanted to work with someone that, that was going to yeah, do right by it. You know, if we were out there every single year, we've never, we took one year off since I joined, that was 2010. Other than that, we've been working, you know, even when it kind of wasn't so great. Back to that resiliency thing again, and, and we, we felt that it had value, and we wanted to work with someone who, who was hardworking as us. And, and the label are at the moment. We we love it. We love the the, the new kind of partnership, and um, it, it's going great. So we're just waiting for that moment, really. And it's just been amazing, that, you know, that you know people have they have the Def Leppard T-shirt, so they've never heard the band. Right. Yeah. So I, I think you know people can connect the uh, the T-shirt to the sound of the band. Absolutely. Well, you got the T-shirts. You got, you know, Rock of Ages became the title of a, a Broadway musical and a movie. I mean, and obviously the songs. I mean, all this stuff is adding up. Not to mention your guys' long duration. Um, I want to see you guys get in the Rock Hall. What's it going to take? Uh, better ask them. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. You know, it's never been. We we don't really care about that stuff, obviously, because yeah. yeah. we have the integrity to to keep going. It's not really about accolades sure. or, you know, just 
Grammy. We never had a Grammy. You know, we've never even been nominated. They didn't even have a category when when we were selling that nearly a million albums a week. <laughs> you know, back in the eighties, which is, sounds amazing and the fact that this band couldn't even get a Grammy nomination. So all of that stuff doesn't really bother us. It's, it's, it's more about making the music and uh, just having a value system. Like I, I said before, we, we do have integrity. We love what we do and we love our fans who, who love what we do. And it's, um, it, it, that's what we feed on and, and it really works well. We, we're inspired and we're inspired by our fans and, and the, the way that our music sounds and by each other. You know, like I said, you know, it's, really awesome to see Rick get up there every single day and just do that without even thinking about it. It's pretty amazing. That's awesome. Well, we're excited to come uh, see the tour. Again, it's uh, Def Leppard with Journey uh, out at Jiffy Lube Live. Phil Collin, thank you so much. You've been really generous with your time and, and your answers. Very in-depth. I've loved I've loved talking with you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much. That's, that's really cool. I look forward to it. Yeah, my, my daughter, my oldest daughter, lives in Virginia. She's in Virginia Beach, so... Um, Sometimes she'll be up there as well, so we'll see. She's gonna be fun. She gonna drive up and see the show? Uh, maybe. Well, she's thirteen, but uh, <laughs> 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 I hope not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, yeah, we'll get her an advanced learner's permit or something. All there right, you go. All right, cool. Thank you so much, man. Pleasure. Thank you. All right, bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.